Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. Now this gives us the date, the time of this vision, that Daniel has a vision. And you'll notice it says in the first year of Belshazzar. Well, over in uh, we, uh, chapter 6, we have a different kingdom. We have a kingdom uh, of the Medes and Persians. So this chapter 7 should precede uh, chapter 5. The dream to make this chronological, see, uh, in the first year of Belshazzar. Well, that would be in the year 541 B.C. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Now, here is a reference in verse 1 to the importance of prophecy and the purpose of prophecy. Purpose of prophecy, this uh, vision that Daniel saw, he wrote it down. Why did he write it? So it could be read. So it could be studied. It's for all time. Now, when he, he wrote, not only wrote it, but he told it. Now, he told it to the three, the other boys. I don't know what happened to them. There's no record in the Bible as what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego since they got out of the, uh, got out of the fire of the furnace. Uh, but it says that he told the psalm of the matters. Now, he told it. He spoke it. He delivered it. And I'm sure that he got the word to the leading, uh, Jews in Babylon. Uh, Ezekiel was in, in Babylon. Ezekiel was in his prime at this time because Daniel now is, uh, in the, somewhere between 80 and 90 years of age. And, uh, it, uh, it's 60 years, you see, after he, after Nebuchadnezzar had his dream. And uh, so, uh, uh, he's, he delivered this dream. But he wrote it. And the purpose uh, in, in looking at prophecy as a whole, why, uh, we can see that uh, God used it to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, sanction and to establish, to make certain his word. In other words, he, he, uh, he tells us that only God, only the God of heaven can speak beforehand and it come to pass. No other God's ever tempted to do that, see. And that's a reason why, thus saith the word, according as it is written, see? And it is written over and over again. And then the book of Matthew is that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken, see? Prophecy, that was prophecy. That was something that was predicted that Jesus, the disciples, and so on, events in the New Testament was going to take place. 
So prophecy was given in order to vindicate, to establish the authority and truthfulness of the Word of God. Prophecy was given uh, according to uh, uh, the event in Luke 24. Jesus was walking with the two disciples on the way to Emmaus and uh, he used uh, in explaining to these disciples he started at Moses and the prophets see and preached and taught them the things that concerned him all right, that shows that prophecy, uh, that Jesus used prophecy to uh, establish his identity, to make himself known, to make it known that he was the Christ, the Son of God. And uh, not only, uh, and prophecy is the, uh, the, when you pick up that book, uh, history is not over. We're still living. There's a lot of this in here concerns the future. So, uh, with the, with that which is fulfilled and how it was fulfilled, we can use as a guide to how the future it will be fulfilled. In other words, uh, you, you use the same, uh, you use the same principles of interpretation on what is yet to be fulfilled as what you would have used had you lived in the days that the prophecy was spoken concerning the prophecy which is now having been fulfilled. So, uh, uh, so uh, he wrote it down. And if he hadn't, well, we wouldn't be studying it tonight. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. In this verse, in verse 2, uh, it tells us where he was, I saw in my vision. Uh, but he's looking over a sea, and it's called here the great sea. The Great Sea is a Mediterranean Sea. There are four seas in the Bible. The Sea of Galilee, it's called the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Gennesaret, the Sea of Galilee, the sea. And then the Dead Sea, which the Jordan River runs into. And then on further south, the Red Sea. And then the Mediterranean Sea are the four seas in the Bible. But now he saw in his vision, which was at night, and four, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. Whatever the winds represent, it's the invisible power, the sovereign providence of God. It's God that's bringing this to pass, see? The winds strove upon the waters. Uh... Now, the troubled sea in the scripture, um, in Revelation 17.15, the uh, sea is interpreted uh, as nations, people, families, 
the uh, the population, see, the mass of humanity. And uh, then in Isaiah fifty-seven twenty, uh, it tells us about uh, describes the troublesome sea, the uh, the waters ebbing and flowing, and then when the tempest takes it, it says that the sea uh, washes up mire and dirt. Now that's a symbolic use uh, of the of the word sea. Uh, but now, four winds, four is a symbolic number of the earth. The Bible speaks of the four corners of the earth, so to speak, the four points of the compass, see. Uh, and uh, four seasons. Four is the number of the earth, so to speak, and because of its usage in that manner. Uh, then he says, verse 3, Four and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Different. Now, the four great beasts came up, and you can put the word successively, in succession, one after the other. They didn't come up at the same time. He didn't see four beasts in one, in one view. This image, he sees one beast, and then another, and then another, and then another. See, they, they are, they are, uh, are successively viewed, but they were all different, none alike. Verse 4 says, The first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given unto it. Now, this is the first beast of the four which he's going to describe, and it is covering this, uh, covering uh, a parallel ground with the chapter two, with the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. This beast, this first beast, uh, that was like a lion and had eagle's wings on its back. And he says, I looked at it, I saw it until the wings were plucked. And then this beast, lion, that walks on four legs, he's only walking on two legs. He's standing upright. And uh, a man's heart was given unto it. Now, <clears throat> you see, uh, whatever he's teaching, he's showing that his ferocity, his, uh, his uh, ability to crush, to bar, and that was the characteristic of a lion, is that they devour its prey. Alright, his wings was plucked off, so, uh, he, he got pretty, he, 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 he can't go as fast. 
Wings are for to fly. Wings in the Bible is a symbol of speed, swiftness. And so Daniel in his dream, he he sees this beast come up. And then he sees it start getting clipped. It's power broken. And then instead of being uh, a, a devouring man, why it's afraid of man. I mean, it's afraid of beasts. He's got now the heart of a heart of man. And uh, of course, uh, this it might uh, how it may describe or have reference to the character of Belshazzar. Uh, in in the last days of the of uh, the Babylonian kingdom, this may have a reference to Nebuchadnezzar when he was uh, went through his insanity, his seven year period. See, when it says that he ate straw like an ox, see, and uh, and he's he was compared. Nebuchadnezzar was compared to a lion, and of course, this line here. Uh, is symbolical of Nebuchadnezzar uh, in uh, in the Bible. Why uh, Jeremiah five seven says that God uh, gives the message to Jeremiah that He was going to bring a line up against Jerusalem. In other words, that line was Nebuchadnezzar. Talk about his prophecies. Well, uh, then verse 5 says, uh, And behold another beast, a second, like to a bear. I see, he didn't see this bear until that, that one passed out. That one was finished. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. All right, the second beast represents the second kingdom. It's equivalent to the uh, the uh, uh, silver uh, of the breast and of the of the arms of Nebuchadnezzar's beast. It represents the same power, which was the Medes and the Persians. The two arms uh, to the breast showing that the one kingdom was made up of two properties, two people, two nationalities. And that it raised up itself on one side. It was stronger. One, one kingdom was stronger than the other. Media was the old kingdom. Persia was the younger kingdom, but the stronger. And Persia asserted itself. And even while the uh, Babylonian kingdom, while, uh, were, were still uh, existing, but still, after it had done reached its zenith and was losing its power, Cyrus was going and capturing Lydia. That's Syria to the north, see, and Egypt to the south, and then Babylon. That's in all likelihood the reason why there were three ribs seen in his in his mouth. You see, he had conquered. If it refers to these this chief cities of Babylon, Ecbatana and Borsippa and Babylon, uh, it's still showing that this second bear, second kingdom, this bear kingdom, had devoured three kingdoms. 
and had gained power. And then uh, the command, and they said, who is they? They said, uh, arise, devour much flesh. See, Daniel, uh, I think you'll find uh, when you study the overall vision that this will refer to the angels. You see, when after he had this vision, in his vision, he came to the angel and he asked them a question. You know, he wanted to know what it meant. And then later he asked the angel uh, again what it meant. So evidently, uh, that they, uh, that that's what that refers to. Then in verse 6, uh, after this I beheld and lo another like a leopard which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. And the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given it. Now this is the Grecian uh, empire under Alexander the Great. Uh, now he had uh, wings, four wings. The bear, uh, the lion only had two wings. Uh, Alexander's twice as well. Uh, as the lion, see? He's the leopard. He can jump. He can spring. He can leap. That's there on the prey, see? And, uh, this, it says he had four heads. And dominion was given to it. In other words, dominion, that's the authority. That shows you that the authority of Nebuchadnezzar, that God gave to Nebuchadnezzar, when the Medes and Persians, uh, when Cyrus captured Babylon, the authority passed, dominion passed from the Babylonian kingdom to the Medio Persian kingdom. Now it says after this, after, uh, uh, after he was captured, see, authority, dominion now has been transferred to the Grecian Empire. Or this empire, whatever it may be. And, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about being the Grecian Empire. Now the four heads, the four heads, uh, the Grecian Empire, upon the death of Alexander the Great, uh, was divided into four kingdoms, four divisions. He had four outstanding generals, every one of them capable uh, of, uh, of warfare. And Cassander took, the, uh, took Greece, Macedonia, and uh, then coming across into Asia Minor, Lysmatius took all of the Asia Minor territory, the uh, territory of the seven letters in the book of Revelation, and Galatia, and Bithynia, Cappadocia, that, all of that territory. And then uh, uh, Seleucus was given the kingdom of Syria to the immediate north of Palestine and to the north uh, and, and northwest of Babylon. And then Ptolemy was given Egypt. You see, now that's your major territory uh, of the world, of the known world at that time, of, of the kingdom of Babylon. Right? Uh, so when Alexander died, his power it was uh, transferred to four king, four men instead of one man. Now, it says, after this, 
I saw in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all of the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now, this uh, kingdom, this fourth kingdom, uh, corresponds to the iron kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. See, in the image, the, the legs were... Uh, composed of iron, and its feet iron and clay. But uh, so uh, this uh, uh, he he didn't have. There was no beast. There was no animal that uh, uh, evidently that was alive that he knew of that uh, could represent what he saw. And but he he depicted it uh, as. That had great iron teeth. Whatever kingdom this was, that's the way that, that this beast, he was strong exceedingly. Showing that, uh, evidently it refers to the generals, the different leaders, uh, commanders of the, of this empire, which, uh, in all probability, to, and without a doubt, as far as I'm concerned, the Roman Empire. Uh, and it says, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now that's something, uh, that, that caught his eye. And in verse eight, he says, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now this is the fourth uh, kingdom corresponding to the uh, to the fourth kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar's vision was pointed out that there were ten toes, weren't there? Now then, Daniel sees ten. Kings, ten horns, ten powers, ten authorities. This kingdom existing in a uh, in a condition when there were ten kingdoms in existence. And in uh, <clears throat> the second chapter in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the stone smote the image in the days uh, in the feet, see, in the toes. And the image uh, was destroyed. And then that stone became a mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, there was no kingdom after the stone kingdom. The stone kingdom put an end to the gold, to the silver, to the brass, and to the iron kingdoms. None to fall. Alright? In this vision of Daniel, he likewise, there is no kingdom. There's not another kingdom on earth. But Daniel does see and project 
us further into the future because in Daniel 2, in in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, Nebuchadnezzar stopped without any other than the fact the stone struck the toes. In this we're going to find that there is, uh, uh, that these, uh, ten horns are ten kingdoms or ten kings. The Bible, he'll tell us that later. So we'll just point out the, the vision and then we'll wait till we get to the interpretation for the final statements of it. But, uh, what bothered Daniel is in looking at those horns, he sees another horn come up. And this other horn comes up and, and devours three of the horns already on this beast's head. And, uh, he says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Actually, it's set up till the thrones were placed. This is an oriental, uh, scene. The throne, he's showing him as, as putting down the rug, putting down the carpet because they sat down, see? And they were fixing, boy, they were fixing him a, a, a nice pallet out of the rugs, see? And he says, um, and he uses that as a background, till the thrones were cast down. And the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. And his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. And I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. And time. Now, <clears throat> from these verses, verses 9 through 12, you have a vision. Daniel's vision included the ancient, uh, seeing, viewing the ancient of days. He beheld this horn, though, now notice, see? Uh, and this horn was speaking great things. I beheld till judgment day. See, till the throne, till the ancient of days sat upon the thrones. Alright? His, and then there's a description. This description is practically the same as the description in the first chapter of Revelation. Uh, and there are three expressions about the fiery flame, burning fire, and fiery stream, which indicate the purity, uh, of this judgment scene. That this is gonna be, this is in holiness, this is in righteousness. And then, verse 10, 
describes the number is a picture of uh, of who will stand um, before the judge. And it says, thousand thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were open. Now, there the thousands, the innumerable number of angelic hosts in heaven. He sees them attending, accompanying the judge as he sat upon, uh, as the judgment seat was set. And uh, then he says, and the books were open. I beheld then, and yet he doesn't, he, he leaves it there. Doesn't tell us about uh, any further insight on the books. He says, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. This little horn, see, that came up. That's, uh, and it says, I beheld even till the beast was slain. That's this fourth kingdom is completely destroyed. Now notice. The beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged. You see the difference between what happened to the three preceding kingdoms? The three preceding kingdoms, their authority to rule over their subjects came to an end. The authority came to an end. They, were, the, the, the kingdom was destroyed from, uh, from a standpoint of power. But they themselves continued on. They were absorbed by each succeeding kingdom. The Persians took over the population this, the people that lived on the earth, the same territory that the Bab- that Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian kingdom occupied. Uh, so it says their lives were prolonged. But now notice, not so with reference to this fourth beast. When the fourth beast, he says, I viewed this until the beast was slain, and then his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.